It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. You know, I was in a good mood, ready to talk to DY. And then all of a sudden, severe weather pops up, and I feel like Jonah Hill in Wolf of Wall Street when the guy is cleaning his fishbowl. <laughs> and Jonah Hill's playing it all cool, right? I can't remember his character's name. But then he, like, slaps him around like, On New Issue Day? You're going to clean your fishbowl on New Issue Day? And that's, like, the way I'm thinking, like, you're going to rain on DY Day? I mean, come on. You're going to severe weather on DY Day? Hey, here's the deal. Okay, everybody. There's some stuff going down. Up next, DY. <laughs> you know, we just, we just like admit it that it's here, and we just admit that it's a thing. So Troy just gave us the deets, um, and he's going to break in here and there to give us that update, because Riley County is certainly involved, Geary County, and there could certainly be a continuation with it's set to expire at 415, talking about the severe thunderstorm warning. So mm-hmm. let's not waste any time. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. AEW Dynamite tonight from San Diego, California. Guys, it's the fallout of Double or Nothing. The pay-per-view in Las Vegas this past Sunday. I thought at first it was a little, eh. And then, once the crowd woke up, it got real good. Oh, boy. Anarchy in the arena was just that. Anarchy. There was a referee cut open. Bloody face and everything. That's how anarchy it was. Plus, we'll get Chris Jericho and... uh, and Soraya against uh, Adam Cole and Britt Baker, a real-life couple, by the way, tag-teaming together tonight. Plus, we'll get an announcement from AEW President Tony Khan about the new uh, TV show that's going to be coming out by AEW. It's going to be called AEW Collision on Saturday nights on TNT. But we have Derek Young as well from Case Center Line. It's been a while since we've talked to D.Y. It's been a few weeks. D.Y., I'm sure you saw the Cheez-It Bowl is now going to be named... The Pop-Tarts Bowl. <laughs> so what's some more of a DY food? Pop-Tarts or Cheez-Its? Probably Cheez-Its. I'm a, I'm a chip kind of guy. Chips are my vice. Do you have like a uh, a subgenre when it comes to the Cheez-Its or you just like the plain old Cheez-Its? I, I probably don't really eat them a whole bunch, but uh, okay. there was like a Pepper Jack one I liked. You know, anything oh, with a little spice. Ooh. Good call. I didn't even know that existed. I'm yeah, interested. That's part of the whole duos clan. You can have like Pepper Jack and then the regular. But yeah, Pepper Jack is a good call. So dude. we're all guys in our 30s besides Troy. But, <laughs> Gee, thanks. You know, Pop-Tart's been around for a while. I'm curious to know for everybody, when's the last time you've actually had a Pop-Tart? D.Y., do you remember the last one you had? Uh, I was probably less than... 13 years old. <laughs> it was probably in elementary school before before going to school eating like a, I think it was frosted strawberry I would have every now and then. And I think there was maybe one time I was like, you know, I was in a gym, I needed a breakfast food, so I just stole one from Lindsay's house and it was like a blueberry something or other. And I think that's the only one I've had in my adult life. Mm-hmm. What about you, Deej? So I got suckered in because I was looking for something different in the morning, you know, host of the morning show. I'm trying to figure, I'm trying to find new stuff to like munch on. So I'm cheap. So I tried to go great value brand Pop Tarts. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not that great of a value, I'll tell you that much. And I hate to say it. What, are you shopping at Food for Less? Dude, I'm shopping at Walm, dog. I just, I hate to say it. 
I, based on my experience with great value tarts, Pop Tarts took a hit, man. I, I'm like, I'm done with that, dude. I'm done with Pop. Plus, if you look at the back, it's got uh, you know like 976 percent of your daily value for sugar. It's it's like a week's worth of sugar in one tart. Yeah, not quite at the top of the of the food pyramid. Not great. By the way, food pyramid, what a scam. Go ahead. Just want to mention uh, the severe thunderstorm warning is going to be allowed to expire coming up here in a few moments at 4.15. Ah. We do know that now from the National Weather Service. Ooh. So the severe thunderstorm warning has been allowed, will be allowed to officially expire at 4.15 for portions of Geary and Riley counties. All right, so allow that to just... Fade away. Dissipate. Bye-bye. Let's just now focus with D.Y. We're going to talk a lot of recruiting and talk a lot of basketball. We found out earlier today, Naquan Tomlin, you know, of course, a few hours before the deadline, which is midnight today, to jump out of the NBA draft and come back to school for another year. He has chosen one more year with the Cats, and uh, hopefully he'll be improving his stock and have himself an all-Big 12 type of season. Now, I think with Keontae Johnson, we're still the same. He, he hasn't opted out yet, at least to come back to K-State. He's still in the NBA draft process, but we expect him to stay. For Naquan D.Y., I know it was the opposite. We've always expected him to come back. However, if you've looked at the NBA, some of the NBA draft, like mock drafts or talking about the prospects, that you know Naquan Tomlin in some areas has shown up a little bit more than Keontae Johnson. Did you ever worry that – you know, Naquan would maybe do the opposite and not come back? I did not. Everything that I had heard had suggested that there was, you know, near 100% certainty that Naquan Tom would, would be back in Manhattan for another season. So I was always under that impression. Now, in kind of hearing people out in, in the last few days, even once that became a foregone conclusion, it was revealed to me that at one time it wasn't. So maybe I. There was a time that I should have been worrying where when I didn't because I wasn't privy to that information. I think he definitely took it serious. It was very early in the process when that was the case, but it quickly pivoted to where um, his future at Kansas State was there wasn't any uncertainty about it that he would return. At this moment, I don't I don't know that we're going to get like a firm announcement that Keontae Johnson um, is not removing his name from NBA consideration and remaining in the draft pool. Um, you know, not everyone comes out and, and has that, you know, announcement or, or reveals that decision. Maybe we will, but I I, I still, uh, just like Naquan Tomlin, I think it's almost certain that he will be going and getting drafted. I, I don't necessarily see a path back to Kansas State for him that he's considering. Yeah, and he's he's got to be considering his age, right? Twenty three years old, and uh, I mean he's already been you know around college basketball for what four or five years now, right? So it's I mean it's probably better now than ever. Yeah, and and I think obviously he did enter his name and declare and while maintaining his college eligibility at the same time. But I always believed that that was likely insurance in case he was not medically cleared. Of course, you know, the reports came, I think, right before this past weekend that he was medically cleared. So I think that really um, kind of paves the runway for him to take on and tackle his professional career. All right. So D.Y. just assuring us here that things are uh, going as planned. We still don't know about uh, Keontae Johnson, but still the expectations is he'll keep his name in the NBA draft. And uh, as it's been for a while now, projected to be a second round guy. Uh Meanwhile, 
you know, looking at the guys that are either opting out, coming back to school, or just transfer portal stuff, it's kind of been of a weird day if you're a K-State fan and if you've been following a certain number of names, and a couple of them have popped up today. Ernest Uday, who is transferring from Kansas, he was a, not to call him a backup five, he was really the only five that would come in for Kansas and play truly as a five, but he was always off the bench and played very few minutes because he had a fouling issue. But man, is his potential through the roof if he could get that under control. Committed to TCU. I know Duke was involved. K-State was as well. Felt like it was those three, but K-State never got the visit. Does this feel like a pretty big blow? You know, if they were more prominent, probably so. But aside from, uh, you know, a little mention here and there early on in the process, I don't think Kansas State was that heavily considered at, at any point. I know that the first report about him was he was going to take visits to Kansas State, Duke, and TCU. He took the visit to Duke, and at that point it seemed like a slam dunk that he would be a Blue Devil, but I think some of the, the transfer credits didn't exactly line up for him, and he had to pick a different path because of it. Obviously, that path was TCU. It just never felt like, aside from a day or two, that K-State was re- really all that prominent in his recruitment. Well, I'm glad you explained that because, I, you know, when I heard the news, it felt like kind of a gut punch because – when it's down to those three and nobody else had really popped up, you worried about Duke, but I wasn't worrying about TCU. Did you think it would be TCU uh, even you know, uh, up until today? Would you think it'd be like for sure TCU? No, well, I definitely didn't think it was a certainty or, or lined up for the Horn Frogs to get them. That was not necessarily anything that I had been hearing. It's obviously not surprising since they were in that first trio of schools that was instantly associated with him so we i think we were kind of under the impression that they were at least being mentioned or associated with him on some level but i mean a lot of the drum beats and a lot of the chatter was starting to pick up about alabama when it came to Ernest few mm. so a little surprising tcu kind of came out of nowhere again there just because the crimson tide were picking up steam because their center um I forget his first name. His last name's Betty Ako. Surprisingly, surprised many by, I think, choosing to remain in the NBA draft. So Alabama's got some spots to play with here um, in the transfer portal once again. I'll tell you what, Jamie Dixon, I, I, I don't remember all the names. I remember Avery Anderson, but other than him and then Ernest Uday, I'll tell you what, Dixon has really built himself quite the recruiting class. It's, it's kind of gone under the radar, especially since Bob Huggins – has been very loudly recruiting very well with this recent class and in the transfer portal. And those are the two coaches in this offseason that have ran into some some big issues with either its roster or saying something, uh, you know, like a, 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 a gay slur on radio. Uh, those are the two that seem to be really excelling more than anybody right now, right? Yeah, I would say for West Virginia, it seems like they're investing on the NIL side of it, um, putting all their eggs into that basket. No high school recruits were even signed in this cycle. Um, And just throwing all the dough that they have at the transfer portal because I think most are under the impression they're doing so because it is envisioned and expected that it'll be Bob Huggins last year in Morgantown or last year as an NBA, last year as a a basketball head coach. Um, And for TCU, you know what? I think... Jamie Dixon probably doesn't get a lot enough credit. He's recruited pretty well each year 
that he's been in Fort Worth. Speaking with Derek Young from Case and Online, we'll take uh, our first break of the show. DUI's with us for another segment. I, I do want to get to some football, but there's more basketball to talk about, including a uh, transfer. He's in the portal right now, coming from Tennessee, and not Julian Phillips that had just visited the Cats over the Memorial Day weekend. We'll get details from DUI when we come back on the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G. Travion Berkland repping the Blue Valley Rams hoodie today. We have Derek Young from Case Online with us as well. By the way, uh, Blue Valley Randolph is an older high school than uh, Blue Valley in uh, Stillwell, Kansas. The, the Tigers. I would have guessed. How far does the Blue Valley go, though? You know, like it goes all the way from, from Kansas City to Randolph. You would think it'd start. Blending into the Purple Valley, maybe the Red Valley. Nope, the Blue Valley continues to stretch. There's a Blue Valley, Nebraska, I think, too. And it's just like, how many Blue Valleys are there, man? Let me tell you about the Platte. (laughs) Go ahead, D.Y. No, 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 I'm just pointing pointing out that, yeah. mm -hmm. We're back with Derek Young from Case in a Line. Right before the break mentioned... Uh, Tennessee transfers, 6A4, Julian Phillips. He has decided to st- keep his name into the draft after one year with the Vols, so he's now out of the conversation, even though it didn't feel like he was it were close to becoming a cat. Meanwhile, 6'8 Ford, he's more of a stretch four. And Olivier Kamwa, 11 points, five rebounds a game with a year of eligibility left. That was last year. He started all 36 for Tennessee, and he visited over the weekend, uh, Memorial Day weekend, right, D.Y.? He did. I think it was a Friday-Saturday visit, and he had a visit just before that, and he had a visit and immediately after that as well. So it's a recruiting sprint for him. He was at one time as well in the NBA draft conversation and entered his name too. But obviously he's full full speed ahead on a potential on whatever his college destination may be, and he wants to wrap it up fairly quickly, and that's why he's doing these visits basically back-to-back to back to back right so the first one was to west virginia then he was in manhattan to check out kansas state from there immediately goes to waco for a baylor trip and his last one will be to michigan which i'm not sure if that started today or if it starts tomorrow so uh, i couldn't really tell you how that one will shape up the wildcats have at least entered their name into the conversation felt like it was a pretty successful visit when they had him on campus and now the chips will fall where they may, but those are the contenders, West Virginia, Michigan, and Baylor alongside K-State. I know, I don't know around this time, I don't know where K-State was. I don't remember that well. Uh, but I know it wasn't really that close to a full roster quite yet. But is, is K-State needing a victory right now? Do you think we're at that point where we just need that one to kind of steer the ship in the right direction? You know, I'm not really a proponent of that approach like i mean i think at times maybe that's you know at least settles the waters so to steam or so to speak but i just don't think you can do that three spots is not a lot of spots and if you take a win just for a win i don't think that's now i think olivier kamwa is not just a recruiting win i think he's he'd be an ideal fit and and would be good for the roster and in a very considerable contributor for kansas state but just that, I guess, mindset in general, just need a win. I don't really subscribe to that. I, I doubt the Kansas State staff does either. I think it's more important 
who you are getting rather than just getting someone. Okay. I appreciate you taking me off tilt there a little bit. Um, all right. I'm, I'm back to normal now. So what has happened to Ray J. Dennis? He was the Mac player of the year from Toledo. Uh, and I know Casey was in the conversation. Is Casey now out of it? I don't think that they are in it. Now that one has turned so many leaves in terms of the direction that it will go from one to another. Everyone thought it was a slam dunk to Illinois. Instead of that, he's going to take it multiple visits where he goes to Indiana. He goes to, I believe, Michigan. I think he visited Baylor. I think he visited Utah. He was supposed to visit Kansas State, I think, at one point, but that never came to fruition. Then all of a sudden, Illinois was creeping back into the picture to look like, um, you know, the the more likely destination. Then you hear a lot of Indiana stuff. Then you hear a lot of Baylor stuff. All of a sudden, then I'm starting to hear Utah is the one that's going to sign him, and then it's imminent. Uh, we're about 10 or 14 days removed from even that, and he still hasn't made a decision. Utah is not necessarily the, the flavor of the week anymore either. And, you know, some of the fingers and, you know, chatter is suggesting that maybe to consider Baylor a favorite once again, just because we've it, it just went across the, the wire or whatever you want to call it, that Adam Flagler will remain in the NBA draft. So maybe Baylor is a guard spot and maybe that makes sense to kind of coincides with the, maybe a potential addition of Ray J. Dennis, the, the former Mac, the last year's Mac player of the year. Either way, that's a long lot of words to say that I don't think Kansas State is really a contender. All right, so obviously with what you mentioned, the three spots available, a wing is certainly probably one of the spots they want to fill with the three players they're, they're, they're looking to fill. I'm sure you have a big board. Is there a wing right now on that big board? No. Probably the guy that visited, right? Olivia Kamwa. I think that that's a wing that would be on the big board right okay. now. I think Julian Phillips was probably going to be there had he removed his name from the NBA draft. He's not doing that. Uh, we'll probably continue to hear new names. We'll probably continue to hear guys enter the portal that haven't yet. And people say, well, how's that happen? Transfer portal window closed on May 11th. Well, you'll still probably see a steady flow uh, of graduate transfers enter the portal. And the difference with that is they don't have to enter by May 11th to be immediately eligible at their next destination because they're a graduate transfer. They're immediately eligible no matter what. I think we'll see a slow trickle of those continue. It's already started. I think a slow trickle of those will continue over the course of the next few weeks. And, you know, one would come to the conclusion that that's probably where Kansas State will get a guard. Maybe if maybe a wing, maybe a big, we'll see. Um, but, there, there's there's a few different avenues still attainable out there. Man, I tell you, I, 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 I've I found myself in a situation I told myself at the end of this last basketball uh, season that I wouldn't put myself in, and that is when, when there's that recruiting lull and things are just kind of quiet for a while and nothing's really happening, that don't let it go to your head. Well, it's gone to my head. Uh, hopefully it'll be done here in about an hour. I think it's Ernest yeah, Uday and, and info. I, and, I, and, I, and I understand that angst and, and maybe that impatience – or even a little bit of that disappointment because I think people thought that they would, they would get instant gratification and monster results from the transfer portal once Kansas State went on that magical run in the NCAA tournament and how they marketed their products so beautifully. So I, I get that it's maybe not what they envisioned, but at the end of the day, I put it like this. 
I just, I'm not going to count these guys out because every time that I did in year one, I mistakenly did so. So, yep. you know, everybody else did although, too. Yeah. And although that the, there doesn't seem a viable path to them, you know, trying to reincarnate everything that they did last year, I just feel like they'll figure it out. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it'll be the first time that they hit a wall that they can't barrel their way through. Another avenue that I wouldn't discredit either, and probably something that we're all underestimating um, a little bit, and, I, and I've tried to get out in front of it because I think that we are, is that Tyler Perry is still a really good basketball player that's going to be a considerable contributor for Kansas State, even if he's not necessarily a primary on-ball type of guy. Um, he can really shoot it, and he really comes up big in the biggest of moments. Secondly, the guy that just decided to return to K-State today, and that's Naquan Tomlin. Um, his ceiling of potential is through the roof. What he can accomplish, um, he probably doesn't even understand at this point, and that's a good thing. Uh, there, There is a possibility that exists that Naquan Tomlin's one of the two or three best players in the Big 12 this upcoming season. I know that's maybe hard for some to grasp, but that's how quickly it can change for him. He's that kind of player. I think we're underselling the kind of impact that he can have for Kansas State next season. Well, yeah, and that's interesting because I, I mentioned earlier that in a couple of like the mod drafts or like you know the prospect rankings or whatever, I saw it for some of them like Naquan Tomlin's name was ahead of Keontae Johnson, yeah. and Naquan could be like if he stayed in the draft this year, could be maybe a late first round guy. And I'm sure he got like a list of things that he needs to work on, but also things that the scouts like. But does that does that not send the expectation this year for Naquan? Like I'm feeling like we should now think of him as, as like he's got to be a first or second round or first or second Big Twelve team type of guy. Yeah, there, there's a part of me that would probably be surprised if if Naquan Tomlin didn't end up being an All Big Twelve first team pick at the end of next season. I think he's going to have that kind of year. To your credit, I think that if he had stayed in the draft. He would have got drafted, and I think that would have shocked some. But that's how highly he's thought of. And there's – because they also don't look at him as a – what is he, 22, 23-year-old. They don't look at him that way. He's still seen as almost comparable to a first-year college player, uh, like very young in his development because he hasn't played a ton of organized basketball. So that age thing, he isn't necessarily penalized for in the same way a normal player would because of that. There's some that don't believe, that that do believe, that the NBA lottery in the next draft is not out of the question for him. That's the, I mean, that's the kind of player that some think that he can truly become with another year or two. Well, we got the whole summer to talk about the uh, potential of Naquan Tomlin for this upcoming season. There's no doubt about that. We got a lot, a long way to go before we get there. Uh, I do want to ask you a couple of questions because you know we're catching up over the last couple of weeks with K State football. A couple of transfers over the last couple of weeks have made their way to, uh, or going to make their way to Manhattan. I uh, wanted to briefly mention from Southeast Missouri is is it Nalomi or is it Nalome? I've been saying Nalome, or at least uh, in my head when I read it, I read Tyler Nalome. I don't know necessarily what it absolutely is. We should probably pinpoint that before he gets. Um, on the field, I'm sure you will as the public address announcer. But, uh, yeah, he's a really good pickup for Kansas State. They needed some more secondary depth to kind of recoup and, and reinforce some of the losses from last season and 
just that that was probably the area of the defense that needed more reinforcements. So they added him, who's kind of like what Julius Brents was when they signed him out of Iowa. But obviously, Malone further along in his college career has already played four years at Southeast Missouri State, I believe. If I have that right, maybe I don't. Um, off the top of my head, I'm starting to question myself on that. But either way, he's played a little bit more than Julius Brents has already at that point. Um, but in that vein, why I like compare him to Brents, it's because of the athleticism, the size, um, some of the testing numbers. He's kind of a, a freak athlete type of defensive back that, that'll, because he has the traits, that will be appealing to those in the NFL if he can make them translate to the football field um, at a high level. And that's why. And that's why he made uh, the decision to commit to Kansas State. He picked Kansas State over a handful of other Power 5 offers. He was not, you know, a little-known commodity. He was a well-known commodity. Had offers from the likes of West Virginia and Washington, so I think he'll fit right in. And then at safety, they added a Juco and Daniel Cobbs. Um, and again, they needed safety depth. He'll probably come in and, and provide that right away. Same junior college as Kobe Savage, interestingly enough. Now, yes, and uh, Southeast Missouri, Cats opened with Southeast Missouri on September 2nd at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. And then, uh, not too long ago, and I, you know, at, at the time it felt very odd, uh, Jacob Knuth, the transfer quarterback from Minnesota, picked K-State. I know Colin Klein wanted him in the previous cycle, wanted him for the class of, of 2022, and instead he'll now be the class of 2023 as a walk-on. It was odd, though, because... Uh, obviously, there's you know K State's already stacked a quarterback. Yeah, I mean they have you know four quarterbacks on scholarship right now between Adrian Laura, Jacob, Jake Rubley, Avery Johnson, and Will Howard. They have a quarterback already committed in the 2024 class, and Blake Barnett of Erie High in Colorado. And now you're adding another one here with Jacob Knuth, who's a quarterback transfer from Minnesota, um, a native of South Dakota that Kansas State really wanted. When he was committed to Minnesota, Camp State even convinced him to take an official visit to Manhattan. Um, that was the night that there was a shooting in Aggieville, actually, um, when they were at the Bluemont Hotel. So that visit really didn't go as planned because of that. Um, but obviously they still impressed, as a coaching staff, impressed Knuth and his family. But he just felt more compelled to, to stick it out with the Gophers and, and stay true to his word. But after one year, he basically got the opportunity to undo that decision and basically do what he probably should have done in the first place, and that was to commit to Kansas State. He's doing so as a walk-on, which I'm probably, I would guess, is under the implication that it, if all goes well, he'll be on scholarship. Um, probably not. He won't be a walk-on for long if he does everything the right way, I would imagine. That would be my guess. Um, odd, probably more so from his standpoint, in my opinion, because obviously he's leaving a scholarship spot for a walk-on spot. Um, he's going somewhere where you kind of have this almost anointed superstar already because he's local and one of the best recruits that Kansas State's ever signed in Avery Johnson that's already on campus. So the odd part might be from his standpoint, but I think he just wanted to be at Kansas State bad enough. For Kansas State, I don't think it's that odd because you have to take into account that with one good season, Will Howard can exit one more good season. Will Howard can exit and just go to the NFL because this will be his fourth year of college football already. Uh, and then Jake Rubley, Adrian Lara, with the way the college football works, you can't really pencil them in yet as guys that will be in Manhattan for much longer, and and especially since Knuth is actually in Lara's class. 
I'm running a little bit late. I'll just I'll just mention the other recruit for uh, football class of 2024, the third lineman of the class. Not, no shocker that they're st- uh, stocking up on some offensive linemen. Six four, three hundred pound guard in Kyle Rakers from Des Moines, Iowa. He's a three star. He committed a couple of days ago. And uh, go to uh, CaseOnline.com to read Dy's article about the five reasons why he's a great fit for K State. To wrap up, Dy. 11 a.m. in Columbia, Missouri. This does this make Dy happy? It's an early kickoff, not a late one. You know, I I don't mind 11 a.m. kicks, uh, especially on the road. So uh, I know some fans don't like 11 a.m., but I'm not opposed to it. I will say, that ideally, because that's a drivable one, it wouldn't have been 11 a.m. because I'm going to have to get up at like a four or five. But you know, I'll live with it. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna drive the the morning of. Of the game to Columbia, probably. I'm not going to stay in Columbia when I don't have to. Yeah, maybe there'll be about that time. I'm sure there'll be a recruit somewhere around there. You can go watch the yeah, night ding, before. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would make sense to do that. I didn't even think of it, but I mean, uh, we'll see. I just, I can't really get bring myself to to stay the night before of a game that's that close in proximity. Or you can, uh, well, I mean, I, I'm definitely the opposite there. Or you could go watch uh, Rob Zombie, Alice Cooper the night before in Kansas City. Oh, well, that's what you're going to do. I'm thinking about. Well, there is high school football the the you know the night before, so uh, decision has to be made. My dad really wants to go to that show. Uh, Derek, that's all I got for you this week. Thanks, Bud. We'll talk to you next week. See ya, Derek Young. Case it online. He goes right here on the show. That's what you're going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him both multiple times. Yeah. I, I, I mean, he's not said it about his WWE slash AEW discussions That's at all. That's because D.Y. is a little bit of a fan. He is an old school wrestling fan, like 90s wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. Maybe not so much today. Right. But he can definitely put up with it. <laughs> it's funny because uh, I watched Double or Nothing at my parents' house because my parents were having like a, a Memorial Day barbecue on Sunday. Right. My neighbors came over to hang out. I was like, you know, I'll make them watch the pay-per-view in the bar. And the gals just did, didn't pay attention. But the guys, while we were playing darts, were watching the pay-per-view. And it, they're not wrestling fans. I'm the only one. And and they're making their comments. You're like, sure. oh, my God, that's so fake. He didn't hit him. But then they're watching. And then they're not making comments. And then Uh-oh. they're not looking away. Mm. And then they're like leaning in a little bit closer once it gets to the big matches. Somebody fed the addictions. That's right. Hook, line, They sinker. drank the AEW Kool-Aid. Got them. Let's take a break. More of the game next. The game on K-Man coming up in hour number two. More on Naquan Tomlin, his decision to come back, plus four K-State football games for 2023, have kickoff times, TV destinations. Number one song of the day and Ask Us Anything all coming up. We were just talking during the break. The NBA Finals will feature Troy's favorite team in his whole life, the Denver Nuggets, (laughs) against the Miami Heat. I would not call them my favorite team in my whole life, but they are definitely my adopted NBA squad, yes. Is this the first finals in Nuggets history? Yes, it is. They made the ABA finals, the final year of the ABA, before the merger. They made the finals, lost in seven to Dr. J and the Nets. Oof. 
It was, oh, that team was loaded. Dan Issel. Alex English. Alex English was not on that squad Uh, yet, but David Thompson was. Ooh. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that was a loaded team. All the famers on that team. Yes. And And what I don't like, Denver Nuggets have Christian Brown. Yeah, I know. He's one of the biggest turds (laughs) to come out of KU. And there's not, I mean... To, to be fair and to be unbiased as I possibly can, I don't think there's truly been that many turds out of Lawrence. He is one of them. Great story, though, already told this year by a friend of mine in the Denver media that Brown is on the dais in a pregame setting, and he starts to kind of weave into maybe tipping the hand a little bit too much because he just can't shut up. Jokic is watching from the back of the room, recognizes what's going on, just nonchalantly makes his way to the floor, to the, to the dais. I think you're done here, son. <laughs> the video I, of that I, is I, I, awesome. I, yeah. Isn't that tremendous? Really I mean, I, I, th- I think we're done. You know what I think about and, it? And then the next, and the next thing is it's Jokic's turn. <laughs> Brown just kind of shuts up, walks away. You might have to correct me here, DG. Was it? Was it, am I getting Christian Brown mixed up with Mitch Lightfoot? No. Well, who is talking like talks trash on K State on social media? And... So you are mixing them up when it comes to that. You, okay. You, Mitch Lightfoot is the guy you 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 want, uh, but that Christian Braun kid is also kind of a little turd too. But <laughs> I mean, the, it's, it's a good Mitch, basketball player. It's Mitch Lightfoot, the he, you know the guy that's you know like he's thirty six. But sure. it is once again a great story on on Jokic and how he's the leader of this team by every stretch imaginable and he is the most unassuming guy that you would ever think would be a leader of a team like that you know a lot like they're a lot like the broncos offensive line they the broncos offensive line used to never talk to the press yes ever. oh one of my favorite favorite things and they had like one guy's this <laughs> this story coming out of their locker room one guy's high school newspaper that kid yep. got in to do an interview with one of the offensive linemen, and the rest of the O-line just stared at the guy. And he was like – and he gave the kid like a five-second interview, and they were like, all right, get out of here. That's the kind of stuff where you're like, man, <laughs> taking it a little too serious. It's just a high school newspaper. But Jokic is that kind of guy where he doesn't have to yell and scream, but he's like, all right, we're done. We're, you're gone. Move Some, on. Someone made the joke last week during the course of the Celtics heat game, Derek White with the tip in. And the joke was that uh, someone overseas looking at the at the video. Oh my God, Jokic with his horse, yeah, <laughs> you know, just nonchalant, just doesn't care. Yeah, we need tomorrow, and I'll, I'll give you twenty four hours to get this. Prepared. Okay, we need a because you know where I'm going. We need a Troy <laughs> because I, you know Mitch Palm will give you five or six solid bets, but it's all different games. Uh-huh. We need one. Troy Palm parlay for NBA Finals Game 1 because Game 1's tomorrow. Yes. We need like a six-leg parlay. As opposed to Mitch in Vegas, it's Troy in Central City. Ah. Aha. You know what I'm talking about. Aha. Let's go. That went over my head. Central City is uh, is where you're allowed to gamble in Colorado. That's it? That's the one locale, yes. But the sports books then are based out of there. 
Can you smoke pot there? Uh, it also can, yes. It's Colorado. Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Well, I didn't know if it'd be like anywhere else you can smoke in Colorado, but in Central City, you can gamble and that's it. You don't get Dude, both. Yeah, they're like, come on, man. Both? Dude, I will say, though, when I, I went to Denver, that the, it had been a year, officially a year, that they had uh, like decriminalized it and all that stuff. There were on um, downtown Denver um, – in the heart of downtown, they have all these cool breweries and stuff where you can sit outside and eat and mm-hmm. stuff. And people were smoking on the uh, the outside, and the waitresses were coming out and giving them hell. Are you kidding me? Put that out. You can't. And people were like, I'm sorry. I thought I could smoke. Uh-uh. No, Not in a business. It's going to be no, like in your house? It's a Correct. Can you walk down the street and do it? No. You, you like so they the way that I it was explained to me they're like there's n- there's really no cop that's gonna like stop you and stuff but there will they will say put it out you can't do that right it, yeah. it it's along the lines of you're not allowed to drink beer while you're walking in yeah. most cases same di- same type yeah, difference they, they would they, rather than bust you they'd just say pour it out. You know, what are you doing? You Take know? it easy, Barney Five. Hey, come on. It's Pretty a roach. Much. Yeah, hey, what do you want me to do? Pretty Put much. Put this out, Barney. Yeah. Put it out, <laughs> moron. They, this this waitress is giving these people the business. She was busy. Well, the opposite of giving the business is what happened at the Oakland A's game yesterday. Uh-oh. They've officially called it quits. The details next. The Oakland A's are as bad as pathetic you can be in sports. 12 and 45. Nobody shows up to your games. Luckily for them, they're getting ready to move to Vegas. Ownership has completely alienated everybody, and the stadium is an absolute dump. They are ready. I mean, the Oakland part of the A's has given up. They're done. Don't care anymore. Great example of that was from last night. Before the game, did you see? Did you guys see this? I did. Okay, so I did. I was dying. Definitely go find the video of this. A fan right before the game, like the grounds crews doing the final touches on the field, fan runs onto the field. I mean, nobody's there, but it's still probably the most entertaining thing the ODOT Coast had all season. Right, is a fan on the field before the game, and he starts rounding the bases clockwise. So he's going backwards. He starts at third base, second, first, touches home. Then on his way back to third because he came out from by the third base dugout. There was one security guard that tried to stop him. And I'm using the word try very loosely. Ah, yeah, it was as much yeah. try as I had when my girlfriend's five-year-old uh, nephew wanted to play soccer at 8 o'clock at night. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, he kicks the ball once and he's sprinting. And I'm like, it's getting dark outside. <laughs> Let's get in. Let's go in. It's too dark. I'm done. Saw more effort at a AAA game in Colorado Springs where literally the guy jumped the fence, ran up the stands, and out of the stadium. Wow. He He got got away. He got all the way back after this security card, maybe try to grab him with its left hand. Then the guy gets all the way back to where he entered the field. And here comes, it looked like to be two cops. And the cops get up, and they're just kind of like, hey, you over there, and you over there is 10 feet away. (laughs) It's like, come over here. Ignores him. He gets back in the stands. After that, the video cuts out. Wow. But who knows if, like, if 
cops or security caught up to him after that, but nobody cared. Oh, boy. Nobody was, like, really even hooting and hollering in the stands. Right. The, the video was perfectly, like, it started on time as if, like, they were in on the, the joke. Like, they <laughs> knew he was going to run on the field, so they had it ready to go. But they may have been the only fans in the stadium because they average about a hundred. Yeah, a game. It's sad. It, it is sad what's happening down there. A lot of history on the Oakland Athletics, man, and it's uh, it's too bad what's happening out there. But they're getting ready to move to Vegas, and they got some pretty good real estate out there. Yeah, south side, uh, south end of the Strip. Good. So all the magic happens yeah. until <laughs> you get to the middle of the Strip, and that's where the real magic happens. <laughs> And then you keep going north, and that's where the magic dies. Yeah, it's done. All right, we'll take a break. Hour number two coming up next. Naquan Tomlin, K-State Baseball, four games have kickoff times. Number one song that ain't going to ask us anything. But, of course, coming up next is your local news. Stick around. Hour two next. Full hour. Full hour.